0: Welcome to X Rated Movies. I'm Matt Fisher. I'm Ryan Whedon. I jumped the gun. I'm sorry. That was premature. Matt was not prepared. We have a little pent up anxiety.
1: This is. I mean, okay. Honestly, this is the the we're in the height of the quarantine. This this is the first social interaction I've had. So I mean, okay. Peek behind the curtain, everybody. Two weeks have gone by because our last week was our double feature, and now we're putting this on. But only a week has gone by since we've recorded. And you know how many people I've talked to since I saw you last. One. One, I tell you. Yeah. Like, I work in essential
0: services, so our office is still open, but I've been like half working from home, half going into the office. Today, the office was packed. There was five of us today. Ah! (laughs) I mean, luckily, like, our work arrangement keeps us all like six feet away from each other at the very least, if not having walls and doors in between everything. But because of all this, we're also not like socializing, just shooting this shit and hanging around the theoretical water cooler. Like makes sense. We're all just like coming in, getting whatever needs to get done on site done. And then like going back home to work and
1: it sucks. (sighs) It's tough time for everybody. I hope that this podcast gives you some joy or some relief, or it feels like you're hanging out with us, which, hey, listener. Hey, hey what's up? Hey. What? Nice to see you again. You up? <laughs> you look really good. I like what you're wearing. Yeah. Did you do something to your hair? It feels like
0: you've been working out. It's like you got a perm, but it doesn't have that perm smell. I like it. Anyway, you're cool. Yeah. It's fun hanging to hang out more often. Yeah like we should make this a weekly thing yeah absolutely yeah tell your friends and uh yeah thank you for everyone who uh contributes to this podcast
1: yeah oh my god We're...
0: my yeah. ex-boyfriend now is a, a patreon lincoln thank you yeah thank you you've broken a new tier uh you got the rat pap tier pop that hymen Named after uh, the breed of our dog.
1: I had to look it up. I was like, "What is even? What is even a rat tap yeah.
0: Lucy, our dog that we share custody over, is a rat terrier Papillon mix. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Two great tastes that taste great together.
0: <laughs> well, initially I was like, "What do you want to name your tier?" And he was like, "Oh, I don't know. Maybe the Dragon Lady tier, which is a horribly racist thing. Lincoln's half Japanese." That I used to, like, when I was, like, faux upset with him, I would call him. <laughs> it's from the movie Grand Torino, because he, like, befriends his neighbor who's, like, a Asian girl. And he, like, tells her, like, calm down, dragon lady. <laughs> and it's supposed to be racist. And, like, he likes that movie. And, like, we both thought it was so funny that, like, I started calling him that. So I was like, what do you want to name your tear?" And he's like, how about dragon lady? I was like, we can't name the tear that. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it's dealer's choice. Like, yeah. Uh, he got to to determine it, but it was funny because I was just thinking I was like, "What's something that I used to do that like in ten years is going to be really unsavory and like I will have to like a- atone for?" I was like, "Probably calling Lincoln Dragon Lady." That's that's probably the top of my list, yeah, number one. Uh, but then of course that's the first thing that he goes to. It was like, "Well, maybe he's not upset by it."
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so listeners, this is the power you have if you claim a new tier. You get to name it whatever you want Th- yeah thankfully i pushed back and was like
0: well, are we
1: really <laughs> do <laughs> you have a hateful term that you that used to call your ex you could name your tear that as a constant reminder of how yeah. they wronged you yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah uh but no i mean, and i'm sure that like he was just like sitting at home working and he like looked down and saw the dog and he's like the ratapap tear <laughs> i'm
1: fine with it I'm cool so with it. yeah lucy's great lucy's cute she's our little uh I think it goes along well with the uh,
0: alpaclapa tier.
1: (laughs) Alpacacabla?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So the uh, alpaclapa
1: and then the ratapap tier. Yeah. (laughs) What palindrome will we have next? (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, patrons. You make the show
0: come true. Uh, Yeah. So it's like we all dream of just having a nice staycation and being independently wealthy and just being at home and not having any real responsibilities. And now that all of our dreams have come true, this is like the Roma
1: curse. Yeah. It's like it
0: came true, but not in the exact way that we wanted it to come true. This monkey
1: paw situation here.
0: Yeah. It, it's like, I, I feel like the wish came true, but it tricked me
1: somehow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah, I know. I don't like it one bit.
0: Because it's like, oh, working from home from time to time wouldn't be so bad. It's bad. It's bad. You have to work with one screen. Like a Luddite. My God, this must be how cavemen kept books.
1: Do you, do you still have to use the trackpad or do you have a mouse you can use? I have to use the trackpad. Oh, I fainted. <laughs> I know. What times we live in. My touch screen only helps so much. <laughs> you feel the, that you can't touch it due to COVID.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't even think my laptop's a fomite. Oh,
1: throw it out the window.
0: Okay. But no, it was just like last week there was just like one full day that I spent working from home. And a when you do that, you I at least end up working more than I would normally. Ugh. Which obviously is a sin. But two, it's like once I'm like done, I'm like closing the laptop, I'm like, "Oh, this is the same laptop that I masturbate with." Like now I have to reopen it and pull
1: up like <sighs> pornography. Does the closing it and reopening it like make a difference? Does that like count no, as like a law and order just, style? Dun, 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 dun. No. And then you
0: open it? It's it's really not. And the other problem is like I don't have an office at home. Hmm. so It's like I'm either sitting on my couch or I'm at the desk in my room, which just like makes my desk like my new stress
1: zone. Hmm. Which well, is in your bedroom.
0: Yeah. That's and so I don't want my bedroom to be my stress zone. Yeah. Nothing about it's good. I know, this is totally privileged. I can work from home. Boo-hoo-hoo. Meanwhile, I don't have a job. So. You're getting an extra $600 a week from the government, though. So far, I've gotten zero of that. <laughs> so. But when you do, you maybe paid more than you would if you had a job.
1: Yeah, we'll see. I love sucking off that government teat hey you know what this is actually going to incentivize me to never work again
0: because you know what tax is theft they're just giving you your rightfully earned money back there you go
1: and an epidemic epidemic is localized pandemic is global
0: oh okay wow i didn't think you'd have an answer i was ready to make some snide joke about it Mm, i have a lot of time to research things (laughs) so if a country had an outbreak that would still be an epidemic yes it's not until it crosses uh national borders that it. i think it needs to cross
1: several borders to be a pandemic oh oh, yeah all right so even sars was a epidemic Really? Yeah. Because it didn't cross enough borders? I think so. I think it was still localized in, like, Asia.
0: I think it went to Canada, too, because I remember very specifically, like, when I was filling out my passport renewal, it asked if I had SARS, because that would eliminate me from being able to go to Canada for a
1: while. Well, well, now you're making me question it. Why do you do this to me? I just, I'm trying to get to the truth here, Ryan. Hmm. I feel like you're trying to just submarine me. (laughs) This is our season opener, Matt, and now this is the foot we're going off on. Well, you know, we
0: jot on a little bit before the movie, just a smidge before the movie. And uh, I don't know, maybe you and I didn't see eye to eye on today's movie. Maybe there's nothing invisibly binding us on this movie
1: today well i don't know how you felt about today's movie but i'd love to hear your thoughts on it and i would love to know what movie that is
0: this movie is the phantom thread by paul thomas anderson from
1: 2017 so, so paul thomas anderson
0: i don't know you threw a little shade at me when we were uh just uh enjoying each other's company earlier That's uh, true. That's about true. about today's movie so something tells me that you either have conflicting emotions
1: on it or that you didn't like it. Maybe I haven't mentioned this on the pod before. I'm not the biggest Paul Thomas Anderson fan. Mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of thoughts on this movie to start off with. I really am an open book right now. I want you to tell me about such
0: a fucking liar. (laughs) You're such a liar. I want
1: to know your thoughts on this movie before I tell you mine. Like lay out your case for your choice of the phantom (laughs) thread For our season 16 opener. (laughs) I would love to hear them. So Paul Thomas Anderson
0: started out as a very stylish director in the vein of a Scorsese or Tarantino. Drew a lot of attention to his camera work. His, uh, you know, the the directing wasn't invisible in those early movies. And then with There Will Be Blood, there kind of came a change. He was able to express himself more subtly. Now, sometimes that was a detriment. You know, it's taken me multiple viewings of The Master before I actually liked it. And Phantom Thread is the first movie that I haven't had to watch multiple times in order to enjoy. And I think that he's really learned to express himself in the tiniest of details while still maintaining his own true voice. This is a movie that, subject wise he could have tackled early on but if he tried to make this movie like around his boogie nights era it would be radically different and worse for it he got very good at expressing his ideas in just the tiniest of gestures and i think it just comes across beautifully in this movie
1: robots I'm just going to come across as an asshole no matter what I say. I don't get Paul Thomas Anderson. I don't get it. I think his movies are usually very good for about an hour and then I lose interest. There's one exception. There will be blood is a masterpiece. I was always like kind of like keeping him on radar until that movie and then I was like, "Wow, this is the now." I'm going to pay attention to everything this person makes. And then he followed it up with the master. And I was like, well, we've just returned to boring territory. Like uh, not boring. We, uh, well, we, yeah, I was going to say we've returned to territory where it's like, it doesn't add up to shit. Like there's, well, there's mean, so much style. There's so much. And, and his movies are easy well, I watches. His movies are beautiful. His movies are well-made. They have great performances. I don't think that always adds up to a good movie. But there's so many of his movies that I've watched, and at the end, I just feel empty. Like nothing happened. Nothing has been presented. Nothing has been uh, resolved. And it's frustrating for me. Like I, I you just don't feel... think anything was resolved in this movie? No, really. You think they're going to you're you think they're going to stick together?
0: Oh, I think they're going to make it. Yeah, you think that that's yeah. a good
1: that's a good combination for a marriage.
0: Well, yeah. I mean I mean especially on rewatch, like knowing that it this is like covertly about a DS relationship. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. The seeds are laid for it from the beginning.
1: Who's the D and who's the S? She's the D, he's the S. Wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. A confirmed bachelor. Confirmed bachelor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reynolds Woodcock.
0: And A. Fashion designer. Fashion designer. A. I don't think this movie gets enough credit for being as funny as it is. Like, large portions of this movie are a comedy. When they try and get the dress back from that lady who, like, passed out on her bed, mm-hmm. that is a flat out comedy.
1: Like that whole sequence is a comedy. Okay, here we go. <laughs> just, you didn't think that was funny? We're just diving in. Uh, no, I think that like his brand of comedy is not my brand of comedy. Okay, th- you didn't let me finish. I can appreciate all the things about Paul Thomas Anderson movies that everyone says are great. And I can agree with them. I think he's just not my taste. With the exception of There Will Be Blood, which I think is actually a movie that is about something. The rest of his movies... You only like that movie because it's anti-capitalist. Thank you. (laughs) But the rest of his movies aren't about shit. And they always leave me, like, so empty. And I I tried It's not that they're not
0: about something. They're just about something other than what you think they're going to be about. What
1: is Phantom Thread about? Phantom Thread is about... The invisible bond between two people. Oh, let me, real fast, I really <laughs> wanted to come into this podcast ready to listen, but I've been plied with <laughs> so much wine now that I'm like I'm belligerent and upset,
0: <laughs> and I'm another pointy. thing.
1: <laughs> but I really planned on coming in here being like, "Tell me, talk to me."
0: Th- no, no, you know why? You can you can come at me, guns blazing. Because I can rest in the comfort that you were wrong. Sure.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I 100% understand that I am the minority in thinking that his movies are boring and bad.
0: Well, those are both words. Sorry, but I, but I, I do want to explore that because it's one thing to say that you don't like, say, Boogie Nights or Magnolia,
1: but I find it hard to think that, that, that someone would watch that and think that it's boring. I know. I, I take that back. That's not the right words. The, I find his movies empty. Okay, because I was going to say, I can
0: I can see that argument being made for, like, the master or inherent vice. Like, I could see someone, like, watching it and thinking that it's boring. But I don't think you could watch Boogie Nights and think that it's
1: boring. Empty is the word I meant to say. I'm okay. Sorry. I'm but sorry. That's fine. They, they aren't fine. boring. He doesn't – and then that is actually a praise I have for this movie where I'm like, the first hour, I'm like – I was watching it and I was like, oh, shit, two hours, blah. And then, like, about at the hour mark, I was checking in just being like, how far are we? And I was like, oh – I thought we were like 45 minutes into this and like, we've already like breezed past or maybe it was even less than that. I was like, we've really breezed through this, like moving right along. It's nice. But this one, like you feel that it's not about
0: anything, but I, I, I'm going to have to go back to that. It's about, it's not that it's about nothing. It's about something else that you weren't expecting. It's about a relationship. I understand. It's about a relationship, but it's not just like a rom-com or something. It's about a very specific relationship And the Dom sub-relationship that comes out organically in it. So we start getting, and this is my second viewing only, but we start getting little breadcrumbs about Reynolds' mommy issues very early on. As the movie progresses, once you know how the movie ends or, or culminates you start seeing the power dynamics at play here. And and maybe this is the movie that helped me understand The Master because when I rewatched The Master, I was like, oh, there's so much sexual politics here that I completely missed the first time. And it's the same thing here. Reynolds is a sub who doesn't realize it. Okay. And Alma, you know, his girlfriend and, spoiler alert, wife...
1: Mm-hmm
0: is a dom, and she doesn't realize it yet. And it's both of them feeling out each other to fill these roles that the other one needs. I mean, I don't think Alma needs to be a dom, but she definitely derives pleasure from it. Okay. Once she learns how she can control Reynolds, she definitely derives an immense amount of pleasure from taking this unrelenting, unbendable... Strong willed man and turning him into just a baby. I want you flat on your back, helpless, tender, open, with only me to help. Like she learns that this gives her pleasure. Okay. And Reynolds, who who is so controlled and determined in his life, once he's made helpless, that gets him out of his head. That breaks his routine. He has no choice in the matter. Right. And every time he's he loses control over a situation, the next day he's always happier. Mm-hmm. He he's he's always livelier and chipperier. Okay. <laughs> he he's a different person. Right. Afterwards. He's a happier person afterwards, okay. and it's just about these two people who who don't have the vocabulary or the knowledge about what they want to be, finding out what they want to be. Cool. <laughs> and w- when you watch, and you find it, joy in that discovery. The 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 exploration, absolutely. Like when Reynolds is eating that that omelet with yeah. the with the mushrooms in it, yeah just him chewing like we talk about all the time like oh you know i'd watch daniel day lewis read a phone book you know and that's entertaining like well watch him chewing omelets because mm-hmm. like that is grade a entertainment right there
1: i mean i like in that same scene i like when uh almost pouring her water for him mm-hmm. and like, she like makes a lot a large gesture of it, it she's egging of- him on yeah. <laughs> It makes a lot of noise. She bumps the lamp and everything. With well, because it, like, it, at this
0: time, it's been established that, like, he doesn't like a lot of noise, especially when he's trying to think or during or meals. Eat.
1: Sure, 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 sure. And this is, like, at this point, it's established that, like, she's in charge. Yeah. I get all that.
0: And when you also watch it knowing that, you know, the way to a man's heart is through his stomach, you start realizing how much food is involved in this. Oh, he,
1: he's a very hungry boy.
0: Well, he... uh At the beginning... When they first meet. Well, when they first meet. But even before that, his other girlfriend, who's Mm. like, oh, try this. And he's like, I don't want anything
1: stodgy for breakfast. And it's like, they're fighting over food. And then later he eats the pastries that she was offering to him. Did you notice that? Because it's not about the pastry. It's not about the pastry. It's about the the relationship. Yeah, yeah, I get that, all that. So...
0: And then, yeah, they, they meet over food, and he has this very specific order of... You know, uh, Welsh rare bit. a Welsh rarebit. A Welsh rarebit. Which poached I love. Eggs,
1: not too runny. With a poached egg on top, please. Not too runny. Bacon. Bacon. Sausages. Sausages. Scones. Scones. Jam. Jam. Butter. Butter. But not strawberry jam. Oh, strawberries. Blah. Osprey. So,
0: like, they have this little bonding experience over food. But it also, like, when uh, she writes a note, she's like, My name is Alma. And, like, gives them the note. Right. When you see the hungry boy (laughs) for the hungry boy, when he opens the note, it's shown over the meal that he was just served as well. Right, Right. So there's a lot of things in here that that's food centric. So like, you know, when I watched it the first time, I didn't really know anything about it and I didn't know where it was going. So like, Doubling back and and like seeing it start to finish. I'm like, oh, all this is about food. And then seeing like the mommy issues and then like knowing that it's like a DS relationship and you start thinking like, oh, he's looking to be punished. He's acting out as a way to be punished. It's
1: like Alma is a big breast and she's not letting him suckle at her teeth. She's getting off on withholding,
0: you know, look at me getting off. But it's like she doesn't know that going into it. And Reynolds doesn't know any of this himself. Like
1: these are two people still discovering like their own sexual appetites. Okay, I, I know, I know. It, it probably sounds that I'm like I'm being sassy and saying okay, but like no, I am really enjoying listening to your interpretation. It's opening my eyes. <laughs> well and then i still haven't heard anything that makes me like this movie but that's okay <laughs> you know we can't leave out who's possibly my favorite character leslie manville his sister I mean, cyril When does it told that she's his sister i missed that they say it a couple times during the beginning oh well reading about it later i was like she was his sister i just thought that she was some sort of like dedicated assistant
0: no yeah that was his sister also lesbian
1: or not <sighs> Uh probably lesbian. Probably. Let's just play smell safe scene. lesbian. Who's this lovely creature making the house smell so nice? She's like, ooh, gets all close up on her and she's like, You smell like lemonade and burlap and, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> burlap. Uh <laughs> th-
0: she says like sherry and rockfish or something. And, and sandalwood. Yeah, and he's like, Well, we had fish for dinner. Yeah.
1: Did you have some oysters? <laughs> <laughs> you smell like a mermaid.
0: <laughs> yeah, you think it's a, a Sarah Waters heroine in, in Leslie Manville? Just that was the impression I got. I mean, you might not be wrong, but there's just, of course, that scene they played. The, Leslie Manville was uh, nominated for an Academy Award Best Supporting also, Actress. Yeah, I, I don't
1: want to make fun. but She was great in this movie,
0: and. I mean, it's a fabulous scene because, like, it, it, to me at least, it just feels like a knife going through my soul when she's like, don't start with me.
1: No, don't turn it on me. I don't want your cloud on oh, my shut head. Shut up, Cyril. Oh, no, you can shut right up. Don't pick a fight with me. You certainly won't come out alive. I'll go right through you and it'll be you who ends up on the floor. Understood? It's so good because it's like he starts, uh, uh... He's shut up, Cyril. Yeah, and, and she was just like, oh, if you want to <laughs> fight... <laughs> Guess what? You want to throw hands? I will put you on the floor. Don't fuck with me. Yeah. And you're just like, and he shuts up. And you're just like, wow, it's really good to see someone put him in his place. So, A, A, that was the clip they used for her Academy Award clip.
0: great. And I hadn't seen the movie before that. And I watched it, and I was like, holy shit. (laughs) Because, like, honestly, I'm I'm kind of on your page with Paul Thomas Anderson, where it's like, There Will Be Blood was a masterpiece. I saw it in theater, blew my mind, loved it. Master came out and I felt incredibly let down by it. Yeah, it Took me a while to come around to it. And then like Inherent Vice, I'm like, this is good, but he kind of, when Phantom Thread came out, I didn't see it in theaters because like he, PTA had like kind of fallen off like my like need to see director list. And then at the Academy Awards, I saw that clip. I was like, well, fuck, <laughs> like I missed out. Yeah. But Leslie Manville, his sister, is his non-sexual dominatrix. She is the woman that can put him in his place and he doesn't complain about it. So you'll notice. And boy, does she and like boy throughout does she, the movie? I just, I love her. Like there's just a scene when it's fairly early on when it's like the first time that we see like a fitting, like a dress fitting with one of his clients and she walks up to the door and it's like her kind of breaking the fourth wall, but the way that uh, the reverse shot is is like her looking through the peephole, but like just her walking up and it's just her frame, like her face center frame, big like that. I'm like, Oh, beautiful like cinema right here. Yeah. And you know, you just get the, the idea that she's the lady of the house that she's calling the shots in some way, shape or form. Yeah. But you'll notice that she kind of fades out in the third act and I went back and I rewatched it. And the last scene that she's in is right after Reynolds has been given the mushrooms for the first time and he's sick and he doesn't know mm-hmm. what's happening.
1: Well, that's when the
0: dynamics shift. That's it. That's when the dynamic shift. So the last scene is when they're saying goodbye to the doctor and the doctor is giving, you know, recommendations. You know, if his fever doesn't break, call, calls back. And Alma and Cyril are saying the same lines in unison. I'll drop by tomorrow morning to see how it's
1: cut them on. 9 a.m. Yes. yes. If his fever increases during the night, you'll telephone.
0: Of course, oh. Doctor.
1: Good night, Mrs. Woodcock.
0: Good night, night, Doctor. We never see Cyril again after that. Oh, okay. So it's like this is the moment where Alma is the new power. She is the new Dom in Reynolds life cyril disappears after that without yeah. explanation yeah. and i think it's because like this is when the power shifts and
1: it's also when they get married
0: yeah it's shortly after that because the he, next he i feel like the proposes next Proposes the next morning I yeah think. the yeah. next
1: yeah the next scene is like him with the dress that the the ladies have been working on all night to repair it looms heavily in the shot mm-hmm. and it like zooms in slowly and then it like turns in which is a wedding dress yeah by the way and then like suddenly, i mean wedding dresses are a big theme in the movie right and then it's like that's when he s- proposes to her so yeah that makes sense
0: okay, 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 uh, go, okay, okay. But, and so it's like reynolds no longer needs his non-sexual dominatrix he's gonna go for the dominatrix that has sex with him and it's just this really subtle shift that that cyril's role is done here it's being passed on to someone else who can be more fulfilling to Reynolds emotionally.
1: Great. I love it.
0: And, I mean, Reynolds was poisoned the night before, and when he recovers, what does he do? He proposes to Alma. Mm. Like, being broken down, being deconstructed.
1: Well, she says earlier, she's like, after a fashion show, he turns into a little baby. Yeah. And that's when he's like my favorite well, yeah
0: the, the stress of everything like kind of breaks him a
1: little yeah. bit and then heat. he's like pliable and I can feed him soup and whatever and you love
0: your work and you can give
1: like he does
0: you need to come down again and then he's he's a baby he's like a spoiled little baby
1: she calls him a spoiled baby several times yeah. in the movie. But then, like, she wants baby Woodcock. Um, phrasing? She's a sucker for baby Woodcock. <laughs> what? What? what about, I, we're talking about the movie, Matt. But, Get I mean, your mind all, out of the gutter. This is also
0: where I think Paul Thomas Anderson's, like, secretly funny. Like, he didn't name this guy Woodcock for nothing. Yeah. Like, he wrote the movie, He directed the movie, and he was the cinematographer on the movie. And Scarecrow's closed right now because of the quarantine. But I will tell you this. The Amazon streaming does not look nearly as good as the Blu ray. Yeah, there was.
1: It was shitty. I,
0: no, when. Watching. Mine was
1: it, bad. I, I feel like it didn't upgrade to HD. Like, I paid for HD, but it felt like SD. See, I did too, and I felt the exact same way. Not great. Because there's just specific
0: scenes where I was like, oh, this doesn't feel Very the same grainy. way as Very I, grainy. Yeah. So. I don't know if that's just Amazon. Maybe the internet's being overloaded right now, and HD streaming has to suffer because of it. But also,
1: there were a lot of scenes that felt like, uh, uh, like a Barry Lyndon situation. Where was like it's only lit by candlelight, so maybe like that's the best that like we can get from this. No,
0: the first time I watched it, I had rented a Blu-ray from Scarecrow, and it looked fabulous, and I definitely
1: felt a little wanting on this one. Uh. Cool, 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 cool. But see... I mean, you're 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 building a great case here. You're doing a great job. Because I was stuck with just like, oh, this is a story of people being horrible to each other. Well, I mean... Which is what it feels Reynolds like. Reynolds is pretty horrible. He's a horrible person. Which
0: is kind of satisfying to see him get knocked down a peg. Okay, I'll buy that. And I think we're supposed to share Alma's sense of satisfaction there. That it's like she enjoys kind of wrecking him a little bit.
1: Yeah. I mean, the asparagus scene is a real pivotal moment in the movie. Oh yeah. As I
0: think, you know, Alma, I prefer my asparagus with oil and salt. And knowing this, you've prepared the asparagus with butter. Now I can imagine in certain circumstances being able to pretend that I like it made this way. Right now, I'm just admiring my own gallantry for eating it the way you've prepared it.
1: She's just trying to make him a nice dinner and, like, show her love. And he's like, you made butter instead of oil for my asparagus, and I hate you. And you're just like, fuck <laughs> off. He's, and then she calls him very out. very particular.
0: But at the same time, like, everything told Alma not to do this.
1: She Like, like I, she knows I mean,
0: better... Cyril told her better and she
1: did it anyway. I like that about this movie. I like that she's just like, you know what? I need to assert my personhood with this person. It's not even her personhood, it's her dominance over him. Well, I mean, but it's also just like you aren't the end all be all, is what she's like trying to say. But when she's talking to the doctor, like in the little interstitial shots
0: of like her by the like the firelight, like explaining like sort of half narrating what we've seen. There's a hint of joy in her face. But does that- it
1: have to be Dom sub? Like, I just feel like it's almost sort of like this guy isn't everything. Like I am a human too. And if he loves me, then this is what he's going to have to put up with. Well, I mean, just imagine if you were dating Michael Kors. <laughs> Ew, his belly button is huge. Is it? Yeah. Like, How it's have you like seen a third finger. Google Michael Kors belly button. You'll understand.
0: There's that many pictures.
1: Yes, it's like a it's like a thumb coming out of his belly. Also, why are you googling that? Because I heard it somewhere else. Mm, something tells
0: me you planned on dating Michael I Kors for a short period of time.
1: Google <laughs> Michael Kors belly button.
0: Uh, all right, it's like you dating. Uh, uh, what's his name? Mizrahi. <laughs> Isaac Mizrahi.
1: Isaac listens to this podcast, Matt. <laughs> Be gentle. All right, it's you dating Zach Posen. Zach listens to this podcast, Matt. <laughs> Be gentle. It's you dating Betsy Johnson.
0: Who? What were we even talking about? I'm drunk. What? <laughs> what I'm saying is like Reynolds is a big deal. He's making the wedding dress for French royalty. Sure. And he's made her what her her whole coming
1: out collection. Her. <laughs> cotillion
0: dress or whatever they have in france he's been
1: making dresses for her since she was knee-high to a grasshopper wow yeah thank you
0: he gets approached by women at restaurants saying that they want to be buried in his clothes i would like to say that i hope one day i could wear one of your dresses
1: thank you that's your wish i hope it comes true for you
0: she really means it she told me she wants to be buried in the dress that you make he's a big deal who is alma You know, you got to think that, like, this is sort of a princess story for her, that she's being swept up into the world of high fashion. Like, not only is she dating him, but is also his muse to a great extent. Great. Yeah.
1: One note I have is, like, there's a fine line between being a model and cattle, you know, Mm -hmm. it's sort of like and this probably extends to directors and actors, actresses, too, where it's sort of like when. Somebody who has a certain degree of caliber and like um uh, mystique about them, if they start paying attention to you, like you feel important. Sure. But it could also just be like, Oh, you're very serviceable for what my needs are next. Okay. now, here we go. If uh uh
0: Catherine Keener in being John Malkovich mm-hmm. was uh showed the slightest bit of interest in you. <laughs> okay. How would you react to that? Her character, her character, the character of Catherine Keener. I'd be like, let's hang
1: out. This sounds like <laughs> fun. You're really cool.
0: So, I mean, that's probably what Alma was was feeling at the onset.
1: Sure, 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 sure. I mean, well, but like thats just sort of my point. Is like, I—I uh, I mean, I get it. I get why Alma went aboard. Like, I—I I don't question that one bit. As soon as he starts being like, let me make this dress for you and starts like taking your measurements and stuff. It is sort of like, I can, I can feel that. Like, you're like, this is somebody who's giving me attention. Even if she doesn't know he's a famous fashion designer, someone who's like, let me take your measurements. Let me make this dress for you. Like you feel special all of a sudden she's, she feels like a muse at this point. Mm -hmm. Like that is an understandable reason I don't question their relationship, I guess I should say. Like there there is a point where I'm like this is a bad relationship. See, I don't think it's bad. I just think that they they haven't understood what their own terms are. Well, and that discover I guess the discovery of that is unenjoyable to watch for me. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think like that is really the root of my issues with this movie is like, yeah, that's what this movie's about. It's about two people discovering their Dom sub relationship and the way it plays out and the way that they stick together when I don't think they should rubs me the wrong way and I think you have a higher tolerance for movies where people are bad and mean to each other than I do okay you love what's who's afraid of a genuine wolf and I hate that movie it's very hard for you me to you hate that movie yeah I don't like it hate capital H lower case h wow i have trouble with movies where people are just mean to each other and you kind of but, i feel like you have a but they come around in this movie
0: like Do by they? by the time that he eats the the mushroom omelet and it's like they're both aware of what's going on mhm and you know he's like in the bathroom with his puke bucket in front of him and he's like "Yeah, you better call the doctor just in case this one feels bad and the doctor's checking him out, like, looking at his eyes and, and, and like, inspecting his throat and mouth. When the doctor's kind of done with all that and, like, giving instructions, like, he does, like, the little kissy face, like, to Alma, that he's, like, it, he's, like, we're good. Like, mm-hmm. I love you. hmm You know? And I don't know. I just, I just feel like we win. We won. Like, she broke him. She, she has learned how to 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 demean him in the exact way that he wants to be demeaned. and they're good they're gonna make it work. like this this is this is what it's gonna be. It's weird and it's kinky in a way that like I don't fully understand, but it works for them. And yeah, true love wins. I guess I just don't enjoy this journey. but I mean it's a it's a happy ending. They're both happy at the end. Everybody wins. What if Cyril? Well, we don't know what happened to Cyril, but presumably she went on to have her own fucking life instead of just serving her younger brother. Okay. All right. Let's return to, to, to the plot. What did you think of the fashion in this movie?
1: Lame o Really? Lame O Even taking in the, the the period and the taste of the time. Boot. They were all boots. I thought Woodcock was overrated as a fashion designer. Oh, okay. My opinion. But uh I don't know. I thought it was boring. I thought his fashions were boring. I thought his fabric choices were ill fitted for the dresses he was making because I could see all the flaws and there were plenty. So whoever was the costume designer, big bad on them. And I think they won an Academy Award for for fashion. But you know what? For those dresses fashion. weren't well made. They weren't. But I
0: think it was. They inc- weren't,
1: people. I no. No. I think it they was. They weren't well baving
0: in what was the style at the time. That's why there was onions on all their belts. <laughs> Which was the style at the time? No. To take the fairy cost a nickel.
1: And in those days, Nichols had pictures of bumblebees on him. Matt? Yes? You know, what, you know what my favorite thing about this movie was? What? The fucking soundtrack. 100, oh, one, so good. 100% on the soundtrack. Johnny Greenwood, love him. But you know what? it. Mattered here. <laughs> it was like. It was the only thing keeping oh, you on board. It really kept me involved. Like, I loved it. It, it re- was so good.
0: It reminded me, like, the, the opening stuff, like, just the, the, the piano parts. <sighs> I was like, this reminds me of either Debussy's images mm-hmm. or the uh, soundtrack in Mario 3 when he's falling through the crowds <laughs> after <laughs> defeating, defeating a boss. Why,
1: why not both? It's uh, so, it's dreamy. It really sets a mood. It is, up, I mean, yes, soundtrack, 100%. Editing and cinematography, 100%. It's great. And I think that Paul Thomas Anderson is the cinematographer on this movie, too. He is, yeah. I love all the close-up shots. They look great. Like, uh, Funny
0: you should mes- mention close-up shots. You know who this movie was dedicated to? Who that? Jonathan Demi here's
1: the thing i i i I, paul thomas anderson yeah i read reviews of his movies i read of like professional critics and fans and i understand everything they're saying they're like this is beautifully shot this is really well acted there's great use of music there's great use of color there's like it's very unique and original and i get all that i i leave his films feeling empty talking about it has helped me get a new appreciation for this movie but when i actually watch the physical thing this is the same thing that happened to me with punch drunk love this is the same thing that's happening with boogie nights. Boogie nights. Bo- booga nights boogie booga nights this is the same thing this has happened to me with magnolia every movie i've watched with the exception of there will be blood i have felt cold and empty after watching it and it's like if that's what your movies give me on first viewing, you're not doing it right. And some of those I would
0: agree. Like I definitely left like Inherent Vice and The Master just feeling sort of empty, a little confused and not intrigued. But I mean there
1: will be blood of course. I left just head that all That is a 100% a, a masterpiece. And it's so sh- strange to me that I hate everything else he's made. <laughs> because that one I'm like yes this is a magnificent but piece of with cinema. with
0: phantom thread th- th- this is the first time I like I watched it and when it was over I was like oh shit like I was sucked in like I understood why Alma stuck it out with him mm-hmm. and the first time that I watched it like not having any clue that there was like a DS thing going on or that there was psychotropic mushrooms going on like it I was like, oh, this is really odd. The idea of mushrooms coming into play. I was like, this seems like something that he would have done when he was younger, but this movie seems so classy and like classic in its like cinematography. Yeah. That it's like his sensibilities have matured with his age. You know what I mean? Like, Boogie Nights is, a, is is a is a fun movie, but it's definitely the movie of a young person, and this movie definitely strikes me as the movie of an older person, not necessarily an old person, but someone who's like been in a long term relationship, like a real one or a couple, really, and has like learned how to take one on the chin a little bit. Maybe Maya Rudolph is a ball buster the way that Alma is. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was questioning that. When I watched it, I was like, I get this really. I, I understand it. Like, maybe not logically, but I understand it emotionally. And when when, like, the tables are ultimately turned and Alma has, like, the ultimate power here, Reynolds gives up. He relinquishes the power. Like, he's eating that omelet knowing what's in store. Yeah like he he understands that he's giving up that power. Emotionally, just all makes sense to me. I get
1: it. Have it's you just, just never given yourself over to someone else? I mean, the only thing I can chalk it up to is that I I can appreciate this these movies and and agree with people that these are good, that he makes good, well-made movies and that I just it it must just be my sensibility cuz like I don't think he makes anything better than like a B movie. Like Mm. they're always just like fine to Mm. me. I, I love the, like this movie was a great example where it was like, I'm on board. Like I'm really excited. I'm into it. Like they're very engaging two hours. Yeah. Credit to him. Two hours did flew by. It went, it didn't even feel like anything. So good on him for that. Mm -hmm. But by the end, I just always feel like this wasn't, this wasn't about anything. Like, Alma has a
0: better understanding of what Reynolds needs than Reynolds does. And she she is not just willing, but, but wanting to give that to him. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, maybe these are things that will be revealed to me when I watch this movie again in 2057. But, like, I just... Paul Thomas Anderson never jumps to that point where i'm like oh i get it i'm on board like i've always enjoyed his movies to a certain extent but i've never understood this like lather the love on like i looked back i I, I googled i was like what were some of the best movies of 2017 i'm just curious like what are some of the other movies because this movie was on the top 10 list of everybody yeah. basically yeah they're like this is one of the best movies of 2017 i was like well what other movies were made that year that i like Dunkirk, uh, Ladybird, Call Me by Your Name. Like, Oof. I mean, now we're it, to say that Phantom Thread or
0: or Call Me by Your Name is better. Now we're getting into like really splitting of hairs because, like, because I'm I'm such a big fan of that one as well. Like, it, it's hard to 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 be critical of those two. Right, next which to is one also other. a
1: romance. Maybe I'm just like biased against like straight people. <laughs> oh, I, well, I mean, we all know that you hate
0: straight people. <laughs> And so, any marital problems that straight people have, you instantly dismiss. And
1: don't forget, I'm also an anti-capitalist, so anybody who's successful and has like a lot of money, I'm sort of like, oh, rich people problems. Boo hoo. <laughs> so there is I mean there are those aspects to it. I I'll, was thinking I'll admit that. I'll, I'll, I was
0: thinking while watching this movie, I was like, every dress that he sells has to pay not just for him and his house and Cyril, but like all the staff I that know. he works on. Which I'm like, I understand it. Like these people need to make a living wage, and I'm sure that Reynolds pays his seamstresses good wages because they need to do good work. Yeah, but I'm like, those dresses must be fucking expensive. Thousands
1: of dollars. Thousands of dollars. Well, because th- I was also. And, thinking, well, we haven't like, even talked about um the lady who passes out in the dress. Oh, from Harriet's Adam's family, Harris. <laughs> Adam's family values yeah also uh, uh, a memento yeah and um, but like I know her from Frasier best of Frasier, all Frasier that's uh, uh, his
0: over anxious agent I mean <laughs> love her she's so
1: fantastic
0: yeah she's really good in why this why doesn't movie. she
1: always get awards like, but like she throws herself into it I know you're doing the best you can
0: don't do that take your hand I'm away please i still so ugly I mean, the sequence that she was in was the comedy sequence when it's like they're trying to get the dress back and Reynolds is just like hanging out in the door and like her son walks by and he's like, Hello, Mr. Woodcock. Cal. That scene was fucking hilarious to me like i was
1: laughing no out loud okay so okay so maybe here's another problem i have is that like
0: you can't tell when
1: it's supposed to be comedy no, or no but just like when people are like oh this is obviously a, a comedy if you're not laughing you're an idiot and well, i'm like you know what it's so droll that if i'm not laughing maybe it's too dry i don't think that the whole
0: movie is a comedy but that sequence is definitely comedic
1: I will tell you exactly how many times I laughed in this movie. Zero. Zero. <laughs> I mean, and you know what? I'm. I love comedy. I love laughing. That I want to laugh all the time. Yeah. But and you know what? You're more I of an don't.
0: airplane naked gunman. <laughs> like,
1: well, yeah. Stupid humor is a lot more funny than than. <laughs> his name is Woodcock. Woodcock. What a hilarious idea. How
0: droll. Oh.
1: <laughs> Like, come on! I well, get it. Like,
0: I, no, I mean the scene when they're trying to get the dress back. That's objectively funny. Like, that's not you.
1: You don't have to. Like, I felt bad. Like, I maybe I just get the wrong messages from this. It it could. Uh, listen, my dislike of Paul Thomas Anderson may a hundred percent be me. I'm I'm willing to admit that. But like, my feeling in that moment was like, oh, well, I feel bad for her. I She's, mean,
0: it's a little awkward comedy. Definitely, it's a little you know curb your enthusiasm. But like. I was still laughing, and then even after he like eats the omelet and you know, when he like, you know, kiss makes the kissy face at Alma, like, oh, this is all kind of funny here. Like that like this is just really dry humor. And I mean, Paul Thomas Anderson, one of his favorite movies ever is Big Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Like he cast Adam Sandler in in Punch Drunk Love.
1: Because he's a fan of Adam Sandler movies, maybe I just don't get it. Like I, am a hundred percent willing to to admit that I don't get him, hmm. and like I don't get his humor, and I don't get his style, and I don't, I just don't get him. I'm because people see his movie, and like I read so many reviews to be like, what, what am I missing? So in uh... Re- reviews of this movie, and I'm just like, nobody is saying anything that I disagree with, but I still don't like it.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, that's how I was with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like I can read praise and praise and praise for it, but it's just like nothing about it moved me.
1: It's me. I get it. It's me. But like you're what's wrong? Here. I Not am the movie. I I just don't I, I it's frustrating for me because like the fervor with which people talk about this guy as like he is one of the greats. It's like uh in uh the Gilmore Girls reboot when uh All the
0: 30-somethings who lost their jobs had to move back to Stars Hollow. They all got together at the malt shop every Friday night and quoted Paul Thomas Anderson movies. (laughs) I would feel
1: very left out. (laughs) You'd be at at the bar across the... You'd be at Luke Steiner across (laughs) the street just making fun of them. I mean, it must just be me. I don't get it. And I'm willing to be okay with that. And I really appreciate the effort you made to make me like this movie because I... I love your argument for it. It's great. Well, thank you for I remain my unconvinced. futile argument. I remain unconvinced. It just wasn't... It's not for me.
0: You know, I said this a long time ago back in the Ryan is Wrong season, but uh, uh, I like it when we disagree. And I did sort of choose this one because I was like, you know, part going to be omeletting you on. <laughs> and yeah, you know, if, if you watched it and loved it, then I'd be like, huzzah, I win. And then if you didn't like it, I... Sort of anticipated you not liking it. Zaha, I win in a different way. (laughs) Yeah, kinda. (laughs) Like, I was like, "Eh, either way, I win.
1: Maybe his next movie I'll
0: like. Doubtful, but you know, a boy can dream. Yeah. Well, should we, uh, move on to what's coming up next week?
1: I, you know, I'm just going to go with it. This is so Phantom thread may have been a movie that we didn't quite see eye to eye on, but I think we can possibly see eye to eye on something that I'm going to choose. These are trying times. And I, f- I feel like you turn to great cinema in these times. Is what what I'm saying. But like, you know what? We haven't done a bad movie in a long time. Uh, Yeah, the bad gay movie season kind of burned us a little bit Um, on that whole thing. I think it's time to usher that back in. It's been almost a year. And I'm going to ease us in because I don't know if this is a bad movie or not. But I think it's definitely worth talking about. Oh, I feel like
0: Reuben and Ed is coming up.
1: No, no, no. It's not even gay movie is
0: not gay is it oh i've never
1: seen it i want to watch a movie called the greasy strangler oh why do i know that name i've talked about it with you off pod yeah it it feels like a tim and eric sketch it's not it's directed it's british but it's like an american movie okay the greasy strangler i've definitely heard of this movie is it just from you talking about it it's possible it's it's definitely like it's sort of a horror it's labeled a horror comedy I think there's 20% horror, 80% comedy, but it's weird. I'm not sure if it's good or not. There, I'm just going to say it right now. I'm very anxious to watch it again. So I'm just really curious what your thoughts are on it. And I just, in these trying times, I need to escape to what's most comfortable to me, which is very weird cinema.
0: Okay. Well, that's why I thought you were going to do some Crispin Glover joint, but...
1: No, I zagged when you thought I was going to zig.
0: Yeah, I, okay.
1: Let's blow our drunk and get the fuck out of here. Thank you for patroning us. Uh, for all those people who have patroned us. Yeah. Now this is the official time when, like, if you aren't one, you don't get our bonus content. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> go to Facebook at Rated X Movies. Follow us there, or go to Twitter at
1: Rated X Movies. You can also send us an email if you so choose x.rated.movies at gmail.com and of course go to our website xratedmovies.com and also if you have a free second which we know you do you're in quarantine leave us a review and some five stars or however many stars you think we deserve but we would love it unless it's less than five (laughs) (laughs) if it's less than five no action necessary we've got built in things you can write in the comment section Jimmy's tour of Blumpkin. Gloopy Gloopin' the Gloopenheim. Tape Pick your adventure.
0: Alright, until next week. It's greasy Strangler. Keep reaching for that rainbow.